you for listening to this message from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries in Gunnison, Colorado. We hope you will visit us at rmcmchurch.org, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our messages on YouTube. I titled this A Plan for Distractions in 2024. And I don't know about you guys, but do you ever get distracted or have plans run afoul, right? Like, so, um, so that's the reason for the title. But I, do, I have to share with you this morning, uh, Shirley is in Denver um, with her mom, moving her into an uh, independent living facility. And so she's down there, so she texted me this morning. She said... <laughs> I shouldn't get emotional about this. I mean, maybe it's just because she texted me. I'm just so excited. But, um, but she said, you're going to do great. Gosh gave you all you need to know. So I said, thank gosh. So um, anyway, you've got to love spell check, right? So. All right, I'm going to. So I'm going to teach this morning out of Haggai, and I'm telling you that about 10 minutes in advance so you can find it. Like, that's like probably not the most well-worn book in your Bible, but it's out there in the, near the end of the Old Testament around Habakkuk, and John referenced Malachi. You can look somewhere in between there. So, um, um, but I'll, I'll get there. You know, I, t- I talked last week in the tithe message about how Christmas used to have an L in the middle of it, right? And they took it out, and now it's Noel, right? So, so um, but we actually, John texted me later that day, and he looked the word up. The word Noel comes from um, an old French word that goes back to an old Latin word meaning to be born, right? So when we talk about Noel became synonymous with Christmas because it's about you know Jesus' birth, and we celebrate Jesus' birth, obviously, at Christmas time. And so, the, um, so, the, so the, the idea of new life and to be born again, you know, last week we were here on Christmas Eve. This week it's New Year's Eve. And um, John knows that I absolutely detest uh, New Year's Eve resolutions. But this is a time of year when we tend to sit back and have some introspection on our life and take a look at kind of what our goals are or um, our, you know, the things we want to work on, our opportunities in, in the year ahead, right? And so, um, so but in, in that, um, you know, and, and so there, there's uh, actually Noah told me the other day, he said, Dad, you know that most gyms make all their money off of people who never use their membership. Right, and that's why I hate resolutions. Right, you've got to have a plan to take advantage of opportunities that come your way, but you've also got a plan for the distractions that are going to seek to disrupt your planning. Right, and so, um, so the uh, the whole, uh, and I'm going to I'm going to cover kind of you'll see this theme throughout. So if you're taking notes, I'm going to talk about the opportunities that God puts in your in your life. Um, and that he puts in front of you. And then two is the plan. Like what plans is he expecting from you to work with him on those opportunities? Right? And then three, what are the distractions that the world's going to throw at you and try to monkey wrench with that plan, right? And so, 
that, that's where the, the idea of planning for distractions in 2024 it came from, is that you know, from, from God's opportunity to working with him on the plan for that opportunity to making sure you've pre-planned for the distractions that the world's going to throw in your way, okay? And so, um, so I just, you know, there's all these great cliches out there around uh, planning and, and, and uh, the urgency for it, and it's, and, and so that, you know, I, there's a song that Griffin and I love that uh, it uh, talks about uh, the, the singer, like, adopts a, a daughter from Uganda because they're having trouble getting pregnant. And as soon as they adopt that daughter, they get pregnant, right? Like, and, and, and the line in it is, man plans and God laughs, right? And, and I think um, those kinds of cliches might lead us to think that God doesn't want us to plan. And I'm, I'm going to respectfully disagree that that's not the case. He loves planning, and I'm going to share with you a few reasons why. But, so if you have a hang-up on the word planning or what it is or that you're de- denying God and trying to set a plan, um, just think of the word priority. Like if planning is just simply prioritizing that which is most important to you and your life, and hopefully God is at the center of that, right? And so um, the, other, the other phrases I'm going to throw out you that are cliches, I've, I've got a little thing on my desk that says, the days are long, but the years are short. The irony is that there's this other phrase that says, we overestimate the, what we can do in a day, but we underestimate what we can do in a year, right? So we're trying to cram all this stuff into these days, right, to get them done. And that's what makes the days long and the years short, right? Like, that we're just, you know, so full of to-do lists that we don't often sit down and take the time to prioritize. And so this is, I do disdain resolutions, but I do love this time of year, both for the celebration of Christmas, but also the opportunity to to take a look and reflect. And so, just a few Proverbs, and I'll give you these, um, sorry I don't have slides today, but I'll give you these verses. You guys can go back to them and, and uh, just take these down. But Proverbs fifteen twenty two says, Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. Proverbs sixteen three says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and He will establish your plans. Proverbs 16.9, in, the hearts, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. You getting a theme here? Like God loves planning. And He wants us to think about what He has in store for us and what's important. Proverbs 21.5 says, The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. And that's, you know, that sounds like a financial uh, verse, but business, life... Um, it's not just money. Uh, I said skiing. Like skiing, like the plans of the diligent will lead to profit. Like, like picking your line down the mountain, right? I mean, it's like there's planning in everything. Um, and taking a second to think about stuff is, is important. And that's in God's words right there through Proverbs. So, um, so I'm going to share, you know, jumping into the idea of opportunity. And this kind of, this came to me, um, gosh, I was at our... Um, at my new firm's uh, annual um, meeting in California a, a month ago, and, and um, 
I wrote this. I wrote this verse down. You can, I mean, here's the notepad that I had. You know, I had with me. In it. So I wrote this verse down. Luke twelve, forty-seven and forty-eight. And um, the uh, I'm going to get to the rest. You can see I have opportunity, plan, and distraction are my three highlights on here. So a couple different um, uh, times where I was take, just taking some notes, but it started with this idea of opportunity requires plans. And, and what spurred the thought on opportunity is the, um, uh, the verse, first of all, Luke 12, 47, 48 says, the servant who knows the master's will and does not get ready or does not do what the master wants will be beaten with many blows, right? So basically, if, if you've been given a responsibility and you just totally ditch it, like this is like the dishes conversation, right, Faith? Like, you, t- you know, there's you're not going to get beaten with many blows, but there, there are consequences to our inaction, right? And so, um, and it says here, but the one who does not know and does things deserving of punishment will be beaten with fewer blows, right? So there's, there's a consequence to knowing, right? There's a consequence to wisdom. There's a consequence and an expectation around if you know better, then you know better and you should, you know, you should abide in that, that knowing or that knowledge. And so it says here, from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. So there you go. So that's res- there's an element of responsibility that goes with opportunity, if you will. And so, um, and so the, the idea of opportunity came from when I was in this, at this meeting in California, um, my Uber driver was a gentleman named Karin. He said it's kind of like Karen, but it's pronounced Karin. He was from... Uh, Armenia, I think, which is out there past Turkey, between the big seas and the, you know, in Asia, right, southern Asia, and so, um, and he, uh, and so I'm like, oh my gosh, well, tell me, like, how did, you know, what brought you to America, and he said, greatest company, country, greatest country in the world, I'm like, well, what, where have you been, and he kind of listed the different areas of the world he'd been to, and he had been in California for four years without his. Without his family. He had three kids that are about that age right there. And so I, I asked him about, like, what that was like, and why, well, I mean, why, why here? I mean, you're literally half a world away. He said, I'm working my plan to bring them here. Like, it's that important to bring them to this place because it's just, there's opportunity here, and we don't have that elsewhere. And I'm like, whew. And so his words, greatest country in the world, not perfect, but none better. Right? And so we're in, so I'm in this meeting, and uh, I meet a woman, uh, Hebrew, who's a, a like CEO of this PR firm. She's from Ethiopia. And it's very next day, she tells us her story that, her dad was a pilot for Ethiopia Airlines stationed in Europe. She said, I came to America because we got run out. Like, literally, the government in Ethiopia got overthrown, and we couldn't go back. We had, 
everything was commandeered by the coup, and we had nothing to go home to. Our home was gone. So we came to America. She said, by the way, greatest country in the world. It's got its problems, but there's opportunity here like there is nowhere else in the world. Like, so I'm sitting here going, okay, you've got these, and, and Kalita's not here today, but same story with Nuba and, um, and the Burumbai family, right? Like, spent years in this church without his family to bring them here, right? And so I, I just look at, like, the idea of opportunity um, is dampened here. Because we're here, right? And they both said to me, you grew up here. Like, you have no idea how special that is. You know, and I don't know how to impart that to my children or to people when they squawk about, like, everything that's wrong. Because we've got plenty of stuff to work on together. But, um, but, but opportunity uh, abounds if we'll keep our eyes open to it. And so the first question, like, I ask is, like, God's got opportunities for us. Are our eyes open to those opportunities? Right? And so, do we, do we see them, right? And so, um, so in, my, in my, the rest of my notes on this little sheet here, um, I wrote down the word opportunity in that scripture, and I'm like, oh my gosh, Karen in, in Hebrew, like, opened my eyes to this. And, and, I, and I started thinking about, like, you've got a plan for opportunity, right? So we're, so we're uh, and I'm getting to Haggai, trust me. Um, but, the, you know, we're driving home from, uh, on Thanksgiving, we were in Arizona, and and Griffin and I uh, had an opportunity to play this amazing golf course on Friday, which is the day we're supposed to drive home to come home, right? So I'm like, so my buddy's like, look, we can get an 8:10 tee time, and I'm like, oh, if we do that, I can be on the road at one. I'll be home by 11. Right? It's 10 hour drive. Like that's that's perfect. Let's do it, right? I got, got again, got to take these opportunities. This kid's not around a whole lot. Like I'm I'm doing this right. So, um, and he's not around a whole lot because he's got his opportunities he's pursuing right now so so as we're driving home it's that we, i don't know if you remember the weekend of thanksgiving we had that winter storm come through and and we're driving through lizard head pass to get home uh which is right like the epicenter of that storm and i know this and i'm like it's worth it right and so so as we're driving through new mexico i'm like all right i need to sleep because if i have to drive like some so everyone else drove up to you know to get up to you know Cortez, Colorado, state, you know, and as the last, the last like 90 miles, it is just pouring buckets in New Mexico. It is just raining, and I mean, it's just like that kind of rain that blanks out the windshield, and, and I'm like, oh boy, what are we in for? And so we get to Cortez, and um, it starts to turn to, you know, it starts to turn to snow, and I hop in the driver's seat, and by the time we get to Dolores, which is only 10 miles, it's like, there's this much snow on the road and there's not going to be a plow all night, right? And it's, and it's just dumping and dumping and dumping. And as we get out of Dolores, I mean, there's, there's, I don't know, seven, eight, nine inches of snow on the road, like with a couple of, a couple of tire troughs through it. And so, so I'm like starting to think, gosh, should we go back to Cortez and get a hotel? Like, should we like, I just started having the stuff, and I just said it like I just said a quiet prayer. I'm like, I'm like God, like 
tell me what to do. Like, should we do this? And it was just, and I got the, that piece that you talked about. I got that piece about it. It's like, you got a big old truck, great tires, four-wheel drive. I got you. Like, and that was the feeling. That was just the, I, I got you. So I'm like, okay. And I just, it's like, just take your time and 30 miles an hour and, you know, for four hours, which turned into six hours. But like, you know, that's just, you do what you got to do, right? And so, um, so, but then plan sets in, God's like, yep. And I'm like, and then the distractions start to hit, right? Like my buddy who I haven't talked to forever, like calls on the phone. And even though I've got hands free, whatever in the car, I'm like, I'm not taking that call. Like I need to focus on this drive, right? And it's just, um, you know, and, and then, and so when you get down the road and it's literally like 30 miles an hour is max speed for two hours. Like it was, it was crazy. Just, um, and there was no snow plows. We, at one point we had this deer like dart out across the road and I'm like, these guys are supposed to be sleeping. Like when these storms hit, like, like they're supposed to be bedded down. I'm like, what is going on? But this thing darted across the road and uh, I like slammed on the brakes and even at 30 miles an hour with ABS, I'm like, we're sliding all over because you're kind of surfing through this, you know, blanket of snow. And Griffin was like, nice job, dad. Like, I'm like, right. But, um, you know, we get a little further up and there's a whole herd of elk on the road. Again, I'm like, why aren't you bedded down somewhere? Like what's, um, and so, uh, so we finally, um, we, uh, we get through, uh, at Rico, there was a, a plow guy. We actually met the plow guy a couple times. Um, he lives in Rico, so that was the start of his spot. So the roads are plowed, just a sheet of ice, right? But they're plowed. And so we catch up to the, the snow plow driver eventually going up Lizard Head. And, and, uh, and I pass the plow. And like two minutes after I pass the plow, like the craziest thing, I, I flip the windshield wipers on. And one of them just completely busted off. Like it busted off and, and, and Shirley's like the, you know, the, arm, the metal arm comes down on the window and it's going, reep, reep. and she's like, stop. I'm like, look, I'm trying to stop and stop the, the thing. I'm like, so anyway, but it, it, like the ice had cracked the plastic on the thing. So we couldn't get it back on, right? So like, so I'm pull, I pull over, I'm trying to find a place to pull over so we can look at this. And you can't tell what's the edge of the road, whether there's a pull over. I mean, that lizard head is a narrow road, right? So, like, so I finally get a little pull out. And I, I wore my dude shoes for you today because I was, I was in golf shorts. I was in golf shorts and dude shoes. And I stepped out, and the snow was over my ankles. And, you know, and it's like, like, this is, it was just crazy. So, like, all these crazy distractions, right? And we couldn't. Uh, we figured out the wiper wasn't going to go back on. We didn't. We were too panicked, I guess, to think to put the uh, the passenger side one on. But anyway, the the snowplow guy pulls up alongside. He's like, "You guys okay? Like, cause cause we're just barely off the road." And we're like, "Yeah, we're just trying to get this thing put back together." And so, so we, uh, I just left the arm up, and I'm like, "All right, we're gonna, you know we're gonna go, and I'm gonna look over here, you know, whatever." So we get to the top of Lizard Head, and the, and the snowplow guy pulled off again. He's like, hey, sorry, guys, this is the end of my route. i got to turn around and spin it. I'm like, no, we're good. So, um, so anyway, we get, uh, we get through Ridgeway. Another deer runs in front of the car, and, and then uh, we get to Walmart at, at 11 o'clock, which is when they close on Black Friday, and Shirley runs in to get a, a, a wiper blade, and they're like, man, we're closed. And she said, not till I'm out of here. Like... <laughs> I need a wiper blade, so, um, 
And so the uh, so anyway, that we're, we we get on the road, and it's it's after midnight now. We're we're driving in through Gunnison County. We get through the construction area back there, and and Shirley uh, is asking me a question about the map, like, and I don't remember what we were talking about or why we were talking about it, but like, um, there's this. Uh, she she has the map up on her phone, and she's like, "Well, where?" Like, she's asking me some question, right? And so again, thirty miles an hour. The roads are clear but icy you know but it's so, still driving really slow and coming up around that bend coming out of that construction and uh and I'm, i look over at her phone and another deer runs across the road like bolts right like and i'm like and so i slam on the brakes and and uh fortunately he did too and he kind of it was like it was like sliding into second base he slid into the back tire popped up like he was ready to get and he took off right so like like, all right, deer's, deer's okay. And Shirley is like, I'm so sorry. Like, I totally distracted you, didn't I? And I'm like, you know, I was just beating myself up over. Like, I didn't react as fast as I normally would. I'm like, yeah, I was distracted. But that's not your fault. Like, that's my fault. I'm the driver. I'm the one that invites distraction into my life, right? Like, Distraction and concentration are the same thing, right? I'm either in or I'm out, right? I'm, it's either on or it's not, right? So, so, so I, I said that's that's on me, right? And it's um, and it just takes a second, right? Like, Faith is 16, has a driver's license, so always asking me, "Can I have so and so in the car?" And I'm like, "Why? Do you, there's this rule in Colorado that you're not allowed to have passengers when you're 16, right? Because." I don't know how to say this politically correctly, because you're distracted, right? Like, we're all distracted. And when you're 16, you're still learning to be a less bad driver when you're distracted, right? Right, and so there, there's reasons for those rules and reasons for those laws, but, like, distraction is like offense. I have to choose to take it, right? Like, you can't give me offense. I have to take offense, right? You can't give me distraction, I have to allow it into my life. I can't, you know, you can't give me attention. You know, you, you can't, you know, force me to, to be attentive, right? I have to choose to be attentive. And so the reason we have rules in a game and the reason we had the law in the Old Testament was to try and give people the, the guardrails to keep them between the ditches in life, right? And so, um, and so distractions, however, like to play like to try to play God with your life, right? Like to try to drive you off. Like, um, and so distractions, priorities, relationships are all things that I choose, and it's my responsibility to choose or not choose, right? And so, you know, I was talk about marriage is like it's not a 50-50 relationship. It's a hundred and zero. You're either all in or you're, all, you're not, right? There's, there's no 50-50 in marriage. It's either 100 um, or not, right? So, and so, you know, as we look into 2024, I come back to kind of the questions at hand, like what, what are the opportunities that God has before you right now and for this new year? And, uh, and then what plans are stirring in you with Him to make, you know, to put those in action, Right? And to allow those to unveil themselves. And then what distractions do you need to plan for um, that may veer you off course? And so, so literally like two weeks later, um, the, uh, we're, we go through a planning process with our, with our team and our firm. And, um, and 
Cheryl and I do too, just on like our goals for our business for the year, and it's become more about fitness for me than anything. But um, but anyway, a couple of weeks later, we're on this uh, call with our team, and, and the, it's the training. It's the uh, a weekly training we do with our whole group of fifty people, and, and it's about how to set your plan and set your goals for the new year. And so, um, so the next morning, like in our little Teams chat thing, I, I just put um, I put uh, I put it in there. I said I, I just want to share my big lesson for the year because we all start with like the big lessons or the big like um, wins or the great things that happen in your life during, um, during, during the year. And mine are always like what I got to do with my kids and with Cheryl Lee. But like, um, that I put in the chat the next day, I said, my big, um, lesson that I want to share is that, um, God's path for us is growth, right? No matter what that looks like, God wants us to grow, right? And I said, I was, you know, when I was weighing my options this summer, speaking about, um, you know, our, our change of firm, which was a huge decision for us, um, I had a, a buddy or a colleague come to me and said, Boyd, if you want everything turnkey and easy, there's that option. But if you want to roll up your sleeves and build something great for your clients and your family, then that's another option. And you just have to decide what's the right one. Right? And so I, I said, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for that counsel and I'm thankful for the this leadership group that we're in. I said, but God's best for you and me will not be in the moments in life when we are coasting and everything comes easy. Right? It'll be in the, in the work that we do to serve others in this life. Right? And, and so, you know, I put that out there for our, our, our whole group. And, and uh, a woman named Gretchen in California, um, there's still Christians in California, yeah. praise God, um, said, hey, Boyd, I just read your post, and it lines up with, um, you know, I was reading about Matthew 19 about new wineskins, but it lines up with Haggai regarding the building, uh, regarding building the foundation of the temple um, after the people had stopped building the foundation and focused for 18 years on feathering their own nest, right? And I'm like, huh, Haggai, never read it. So I'm going to, well, that's not true. I read it, but it didn't sink in, right? Like, it didn't. But now, now I had a context, and so, um, so sorry. Whenever I teach, you guys are just going to get like what, what, like what happened to anchor in my life in that in that moment. But, um, but the, um, but just to give you a little, um, a little bit on Haggai. So the the intro here in my uh, TV Bible or what is that phone phone Bible says. Uh, when Cyrus, king of Persia, conquered Babylon in 539 B.C., he allowed the exiled Jews to return home and rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. One group returned the next year, completing and dedicating the temple foundation within two more years. But then they stopped. They were stopped by suspicious and resentful neighbors who had the influence in the Persian court. And then 16 years later... When King Darius takes the throne, the prophet Haggai urges people to restart their work. And so Haggai, gosh, came to his task in 520 B.C. And uh, he, uh, whereas everyone else had returned there 16 years before to rebuild the, the temple. And he started, um, they had started well, building an altar and offering sacrifices and laying the foundation for the Lord's house uh, the following year. But construction had ceased um, 
because uh, as enemies had mocked the builder's efforts. And so that's kind of the environment that Haggai comes into Jerusalem in, or in, as, as the uh, prophet of the time, right? And so the, the people rally and they complete the task within five years. So after a 16-year break, they got the job done in, in less than five, right? And so, um, and so Haggai's teaching uh, it says here, addresses three problems common to all people of all times, and gives three inspired solutions to those problems. So the, the problems are characterized here uh, as uh, disinterest, discouragement, and dissatisfaction. Okay, and so, um, so the, uh, make sure I don't have my phone start reading to you, but um, so, so Haggai shows up on the scene and um, Verse 2 here, chapter 1 says, this is, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Okay? These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Right, So, so the Lord is reflecting that the, the Jews think it's not time to be building this, this, rebuilding this temple. Right. Uh, verse 3 goes on to say, Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. It, is it a time... For you yourselves to be living in the panel in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? Right? So Haggai's asking, wait a minute, you all say that it's not time to build this temple, but y'all got pretty darn nice houses you built over the last 16 years while this just lays in, in ruin and in shambles, right? And so um, so verse four goes on, um, uh, I'm sorry, verse five goes on to say, Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You're going to get sick of that phrase. Give careful thought to your ways, okay? You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but you're not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse that has holes in it, right? This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. He's saying, look, like you're doing it your way, and everything's failing. Like, literally, you're, you know, your pockets have holes in them and everything's flowing through. Like, the, what's missing here? Give careful thought to your ways. Go up to the mountains, bring down timber, build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why? Declares the Lord. Because of my house, which remains in ruin. While each of you is busy with your own house, right? Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth its crops. And so, God is saying, you know, this is, I mean, this is 2,500 years ago, and it could have been written yesterday, right? That we, this is the challenge that Jesus came to warn us of, to teach us about, to lead us out of, and that's that challenge of self-absorption. Right and putting ourselves in the place that God is supposed to be, right? And so the um, so the uh, the that's the that's the 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 challenge or the problem of disinterest, right? That I've forgotten God, that He's not at the center of our plan, our aim, that His purposes aren't leading that effort, right? And so so the second lesson here was discouragement, and that's uh. 
let me make sure I don't skip through anything here, but um, to, to finish out chapter 1, uh, verse 13, Haggai um, says, the, as the Lord's messenger gave the message of, uh, of the Lord to the people, saying, I am with you, declares the Lord. So God's saying, I'm with you. But that's not enough. Like, we've got to be with him, right? Like, we've got to make the decision to not let the distractions overrun and to accept that gift and accept that opportunity and to be with him, right? And so, um, and then, after, you know, verse 15 goes on to say that after 23 days, hearing that message, the people got to work, right? They got to work on building. And so, chapter 2 goes into this whole discouragement piece, starting with um, verse 3. It says, Who of you, and this is Haggai speaking again, asking this question from the perspective of, you know, what the, or giving the Lord's word right here, right? It says, Who of you is left who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Does it not seem to you like nothing? And so that question there was a lot in the discouragement piece here. There was a lot of the older folks that were talking about Solomon's temple and how grand it was and how great it was and that this new rebuild was not going to be as beautiful and amazing and awesome as Solomon's temple. Right? But Haggai goes on to say here, be strong, Zerubbabel. That was the, um, the priest at the time declares the Lord, be strong, Joshua, the high priest. Be strong, all of you people of the land, declares the Lord, and work. For I am with you, declares the Lord. And so the, so the message there is, in discouragement, it was God saying, look, I'm with you on this. This will be so much more amazing than, than, than what you think you remember in Solomon's temple. Right? And what... what God was talking about, I mean, it's not long after this that we go into 400 years of silence with the prophets, right? And then followed by Jesus coming. And that's what the prophets were talking about. You can't even fathom the magnificence of this new temple because it's so different from what you're expecting, right? And what you think. And so um, God goes on to say that I have covenanted, covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt. And again, it's that peace of God saying, I got you. I'm in this with you. And if you'll stay with me, it will be beyond everything you can, you can even imagine. So verse 9 says, the glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house. And in this place, I will grant peace, declares the Lord. So the, uh, and again, going to um, dissatisfaction was the, the, the third word that we're trying to, uh, that we're, uh, the third challenge, excuse me. Um, Haggai goes on here to, at 15 to say, um, is that clock right? No, i got eight minutes, okay. Um, five minutes, five minutes. Now, verse 15 goes on to say, now give careful thought to this. Okay, so God wants us to think about this, right? He keeps saying, give careful thought to this. Um, Consider how things were before one stone was laid. 
Okay, in verse, 16, verse 18, excuse me, from this day on, from this 24th day of the ninth month, give careful thought to the day when the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid. Give careful thought. Is there yet any seed left in the barn until now the vine and the fig tree, the pomegranate and the olive tree have not borne fruit? But from this day I will bless you, right? So he's saying to them, look, this isn't going to change overnight, right? There was some dissatisfaction that people were getting to work. They'd been working on the temple for a couple months at this point. And, and, and God's saying, look, you know, Rome wasn't built in the day. I'm not going to undo 16 years of you ignoring me in three months. Like, get over yourself. I'm with you. I'm here in this, in this opportunity for you. And I will bless everything from this day forward. But keep your shoulder to the plow and keep working towards building that. And so the, um, the, I feel like I missed something, but I will, I will share that the, uh, oh, I, I, the whole thing about three months, like they wanted results like in three months. So like, why isn't this going faster? Why isn't it's like, it's like trying to lose weight, right? Like, I want to lose 20 pounds, like it's not going to happen tomorrow, right? Like it's, it's got, you got to let the habits, let your priorities, let that focus take time to build upon itself to get to that, that, that vision and so in that long-term, um, that long-term goal or opportunity or project. So Haggai's moment, okay, listen to me, like I don't, anyone read Haggai before today? Yeah, a few of you, right? Like if you've been through the Bible, you read it, but like, and I've read it, but I didn't have this context on what on where it um, what what it, what it means. But like the he literally had three or four teachings in a four month period of time. It got him a book in the Bible. Like God doesn't need a lot of time, and God doesn't need a lot of resources to get your opportunity out to the world, right? He needs us to link arms with him on that opportunity, on that call, on his priority for our lives to give thought on how to bring it about with him and give prayer on how to bring it about with him. And so um, he is only looking for our yieldness, yieldedness in that. And so as we look like at our goals right now, our 2024, like his will, the... Um, is kind of that long-term vision, like what is God's vision uh, for our, our life? And that's where we have to pour into what, what that image of, of God is. And so it's the, um, but in the short term, he also calls us in that you know, 2 verse 4, it says, be strong, be strong, be strong, and work. Like those are the commands he gives to the, the people in that time. Be strong, be strong, be strong. To me, that means be focused, don't get distracted, be resolute and strong with me and get to work. Like that's the short term, like get to work on it. No matter how big or daunting it may look, get to work on it because the promises in here is he is with us, that he has got our back, that from this day forward, um, I will bless your work is, is what's, what's in here. And so I'm just, you know, to, to, to close out with just some of the scriptures um, that come up to me all the time, um, and that kind of play off of what we just talked about. There's, you know, the uh, Matthew six thirty three. Again, write some of these down. 
Um, this is the, you know, the, the, the keystone of everything for me, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well, right? We, God tells us to focus on his will, his priority for our lives. Um, Proverbs 20, verse 5, the purposes of a person's heart are deep waters, but one who has insight draws them out. That's, that's commanding us to spend time on these questions. To spend time with God in prayer. Searching what is His will and His want and His desire for us in this moment and in this, in this new year. Uh, Proverbs 27-23, Be sure you know the condition of your flocks and give careful attention to your herds. That's Let's just say and like acknowledge where you're at today. Know where you're at today. You know, we get we always when we talk about goal setting as a group, um, we're talking about like point A, point B. Like God's vision is point B. Like that's where we're going to. But point A, you have to know where you're at and where where you're going. Um, and then Proverbs twenty four twenty seven, put your outdoor work in order and get your fields ready. After that, build your house. Right, and that points right back to this whole Haggai story. But like some of you know, I've been wanting. You know, I just turned fifty-one on Tuesday. Um, I've been wanting to build. Like last year, like my goal was I wanted to build a house and I wanted to move. Right, like so. Um, and I'm not in it. And then this whole change of um, firm after twenty-one years got thrown in my lap, and I'm like, okay, let's put your outdoor work in order and get your fields ready. After that, build your house. I'm like, okay, God, like I read that <laughs> scripture all the time because it's, you know, he, it, it's, you know, take, if you take care of the right things, the other stuff takes care of itself, right? And so, the, um, and so, so planning isn't supposed to be this rigid, like I can't waver from this. It's you plan so that you have flexibility. And I know that sounds counterintuitive, but you plan so that you've got the freedom, you've got the space to adjust and pivot. And so like, I, um, you know, I give the example of the point A to point B, like I, I, I clocked in at like 191 pounds a couple, you know, a few weeks ago. And I'm like, I got to get to 171. And there's nothing, I can't snap my fingers and do that. Right. And so, um, and so the, uh, uh, you know, I put a, put a plan together and just, you know, and I'm being patient and it's, uh, it's all good. But like sometimes, like for me being 50, I'm like, I'm all about like fitness and like getting all the stuff taken care of. And so like I, I had a biopsy done on the thing on my head this uh, last, uh, this month. And so um, I just got back that I've got a uh, something, basal something or other. And so they got to cut some garbage out and it's not a big deal, but like, they're like, doctor shows up twice a month. We can get you in February 8th. And I'm like, I'm like, well, wait a minute. Like February is like the ski month. Like if I do this, like, those are when I have all my ski days planned out. Like, is, you know, I'm like, is this going to impact that? Or, like, ride my bike in the morning? She's like, yeah, you're, you need two weeks of not exerting yourself. Like, you're just going to have to make a decision. And I'm like, all right, well, God's okay with us changing priorities, right? Like, that's, like, that's important. Like, he ta- you know, he talks about put your work in order. And get your fields ready, right? Like the vessel that he's given us, he wants us to take care of it. And it's okay to pivot from your plan when God shows you another priority in the moment, right? Like that's his expectation is that 
you just listen and, and make sure you're identifying the right priorities and moving with him in those. It's not this um, set in stone kind of approach. So, um, so anyway, the purpose, you know, message today was about purpose and priority, being obedient to God's priority uh, in our lives and taking inventory in this time of where you are, not to set uh, a gym membership and, um, and uh, what do they call those things again? I've forgotten the word. Resolution, thank you. Not to set um, you know, resolutions that will just flitter away, but really jump in with God on what His will and where He wants you to go and what that looks like together. So, um, so I hope that reach you guys so all right you're listening to a podcast from rocky mountain christian ministries for more information about our church please visit us at rmcmchurch.org